those clever engineers. But no. Time for ASO Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the one and only ASO Radio. Or as I like to call it, ASO Radio. This, of course, is your host, NZ17, and we have a fantastic show for you this week. We have really interesting, really great anime news. We've got some reviews of video games, of manga, of anime. As a matter of fact, the next couple of episodes are all going to be really, really great, and I hope you stay tuned to listen on in. And, of course, as always, in a precedented move, we are going to start things off with the anime news. First up... Toki Kake comes to San Francisco's International Asian Animation uh, Film Festival. The Girl Who Leapt Through Time will screen in the San Francisco Bay Area Theaters from March the 15th through the 25th as part of the San Francisco International Asian American Film Festival. The film won the Japan Academy Prize for Animation of the Year and the Best Animated Film Award at the Sitges International Film Festival of California. I am personally looking quite forward to this film, and I hope that it gets translated for the United States soon. Next up, Dororo Film, still at number one. The live-action film based on Osamu Tezuka's Dororo manga is once again number one at the Japanese box office. This is the fourth straight week that Dororo has been the highest-grossing film in Japan. Well, hopefully we'll get that one over here, too, if it's that good. Studio Ghibli lines up art staff for a new film. Famed background artist and Studio Ghibli veteran Kazuo Oga visited the Ghibli office earlier this month to discuss working on Hao Miyazaki's next film. The title of the new film is expected to be revealed in March. Shin-chan returns to Adult Swim later this year. Shin-chan will return to the Adult Swim lineup in late spring or early summer, according to a report from the Funimation panel at Megacon. Also, a Shin-chan Season 1 DVD set will be issued in August. The episodes will be placed in dub production order. Next up, Robotech The Shadow Chronicles. Boy, there's been a ton of news about this lately, but this news is about a sequel. Yes, you see, uh, here is a quote direct from Tommy Yune from the New York Comic Con. He said, Robotech The Shadow Chronicles has been doing good business at retail, and we are currently in production on the sequel. Also, Viz has announced new manga licenses at the very same Comic-Con in New York, the New York Comic-Con. Several of titles have been, uh, uh, will be released later this year, including GYO, Uzumaki, Togari, Portis, Hongshin Engi, Jin Tama, Pretty Face, Strawberry 100%, Millennium Snow, Yurara, and LoveCon. Next up, Dark Horse licenses the Oh My Goddess novel. Dark Horse has licensed the Oh My Goddess novel, Oh My Goddess, first and by voice actress Yumi Toma. 
Details about when the title will be released have not yet been made available. And sadly, we must report on the closure of a manga magazine. Yes, Monthly Shonen Jump will cease publication. Major Japanese publishing house uh, Shueisha has announced that their magazine Monthly Shonen Jump will cease publication after the July issue hits newsstand on June 6th. Although the publication shares the name uh, with one of Japan's largest manga ma uh, magazines, Weekly Shonen Jump, which of course serializes Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, and other major manga titles. Shueisha claims that the sales numbers of Monthly Shonen Jump have caused problems for the publication. According to Gigi Suhinsha, the magazine is being retired due to sales numbers that are one-third of what they were when the magazine was more popular. Shueisha will start another magazine around the time that Monthly ceases publication, but no announcements have been made concerning whether or not some of the titles in Monthly will move to the new magazine. According to the Japan Magazine Publishing Association, Monthly Shonen Jump has been selling about 380,000 copies of the magazine each month, whereby in comparison, their rival publication, Monthly Shonen Magazine, sells about 990,000 copies a month. I suppose that over 600,000 copy difference may be a concern. And... We always knew that manga was big in America these past few years, but we didn't know that it was this big. Now, this news story is a bit long, but I found it rather interesting, and so I'd like to go over it with you. Uh, during Thursday's ICV2 graphic novel conference, ICV2 editor-in-chief Milton Grape announced its market size estimates for the North American graphic novel business, including manga, American graphic novels, or OEL manga, humor graphic novels, so on and so forth. Since 2001... The percentage of graphic novels sold in bookstores has grown from 42.7% to 68.8%. Uh, despite the shrinking percentage of sales through comic book stores, the market has grown for these stores as well, just not as fast as the bookstores. ICV2 announced a correction for previous years. The reason for this, of course, is the rapidly growing backlist selection available to retailers. ICV2 believes that it underestimated backlist sales in previous years, and in addition, libraries make up a further 10% of the market, bringing the total size of the North American graphic novel market to an estimated $360 million. The total comic book market size estimate at trade, which includes comic stores and bookstores, including online but not libraries and other institutes of education, is $565 million for 2005 and $640 million in 2006. Uh, at trade, um, the manga sales in 2006. Now, this is just manga. Those earlier numbers were for graphic novels in their entirety. This is only for the sales of manga. The sales of manga in 2006 are estimated to have been worth $170 million to $200 million. This is a preliminary estimate that ICV2 will follow up on later in the year. This figure includes manga graphic novels and manga periodicals, although the periodicals make up a much smaller percentage of manga sales compared to U.S. sales. Based on these numbers, manga is worth 26.5 to 37% of the North American comic book market and a higher percentage of the graphic novel market. Which is really impressive if you think about it. What these numbers are saying is that back in 2006, um, graphic novels sold $360 million worth. Of that, $200 million was manga. 
So manga right now is making more money from graphic novel sales than American-based comics. And I find that really rather impressive and an interesting commentary on just the way things uh, have gone because really, you get tired of superheroes after a while. And last up, Adult Swim has launched a new interactive video player on its website. Yes, it's debuting this new video player with an on-demand episode of Trinity Blood. Now, what makes this newsworthy is not that it's a new video player, but in fact, it works more like a DVD's extra features. You see, the new player features over 40 minutes of video commentary from cast and crew, including Mike McFarland, uh, Troy Baker, Phil Parsons, and Justin Cook, as well as production notes and interviews with Vic Mignolna and Monica Rial. So you might want to check this out if you want to get those extras without waiting around for the Trinity Blood DVDs. So anyways, I told you that was going to be an interesting bit of anime and manga news, and I certainly think I fulfilled that promise. But hey, you know what? It's time for some anime reviews. Well, we're going to be reviewing two different anime for this episode, or anime, all depending on how authentic you want to be with your pronunciation. We're going to be reviewing My Hime, and also Street Fighter 2V, uh, uh, New Fury. Uh, I don't know what the subtitle is. All right. First, My Hime. I'm going to come right out and say that this show is not worth watching, even as a rental. I'm gonna cut to the chase and say this is getting a not recommended from me. Let me go ahead and fill you in on why. My Hime is your basic, boring, action-based show that's designed to go and give uh, adolescent boys their shits and giggles. Uh, all it really is is a bunch of situations involving, uh, shall we say, hot uh, junior high, middle school aged girls going into battle against crazy monsters using unknown uh, powers within themselves that have only been discovered after they have been scouted to go and attend this exclusive uh, academy. And they're all being gathered together here for some unknown, mysterious reasons, and their powers will come to fruition along with all the other Hime that have been selected. And in this case, Hime isn't supposed to mean princess. Oh no, Hime is supposed to stand for highly evolved, um, wait, highly, uh, yeah, highly mechanical evolution or something crazy like that and it basically means they have these crazy inbuilt powers like the one girl is able to command this giant robot dog that shoots off like a cannon another one has these fire rings that allow her to hover and shoot fire another one has arrows or something like that and it really seems that they went and said, you know, let's not create something that's actually a creative work from the heart that we're designed to express ourselves. Let's just find a bunch of stuff that's popular and cash in on whatever it is that's selling right now. So they went, well, okay, let's have young, attractive girls uh, doing battle. And, hey, let's throw in a bunch of sexual situations and jokes to go along that so we can get these pubescent boys all hot and bothered. So this really isn't a show worth bothering with. I, I watched the first episode and I said to myself, well, I'll give it more of a try and I'll watch the second one, maybe it'll get better. 
But it didn't get better. It just stayed more of the same. I tried to watch the third episode, had to give up. So for episodes one and two of My Hime, not recommended. Now switching gears, we're going to review Street Fighter 2 V. Uh, I assume the V is for victory, but who knows. This is loosely based off of the Street Fighter 2 video game released eons ago. I believe it may have been 1992, but I'm not too sure. Don't hold me to that. And essentially, this is where they take the characters from Street Fighter 2 and try to wrap a story around them. And unfortunately, it starts off pretty good. I mean, not fantastic or anything, but well worth watching. However, as the show progresses further and further along, unfortunately, they ran out of material. And so for about six episodes, strangely enough, this is not a 26-episode series, but a 29-episode series, when they get to about episode 20 or so, they run out of material. And so for six episodes or more, it seems, they just stretch out the same thing. Very little is revealed. They recycle the animation from the previous episode and the next episode in each episode. So you end up with maybe ten minutes of new stuff, which is just basically reiterations of previous stuff. And it's really not... Uh, like I said, it starts off good, and then it gets to this point, and it just drags and drags. And So by this time, you just want it to get over. And while it had a nice ending, it was a bit predictable. You know, good guys conquer. Has to have that, right? And all in all, uh, it starts off good with quite a few fights. There's fighting throughout the whole series, uh, but a lot of episodes suffer from having no good fighting in them. And all in all, this was an entertaining watch, but it's hard to recommend this show because of the big drag down in the middle. Uh, the art style is not very similar at all to that of the actual Street Fighter 2 games. And strangely enough, the decision was made to bring in a lot of characters from later Street Fighter games to use as plot characters, not necessarily for fighting in all cases. But they also didn't manage to cover all of the characters that were actually present in the original Street Fighter 2 games, such as Blanca. And this is very confusing uh, choice because it just makes no sense since it's called Street Fighter 2B, not Street Fighter Let's Throw Them All Together B. And lastly, uh, it seems that some of the characters never actually get into their Street Fighter style clothes until late in the series or at all, and others just don't seem all that interesting. And so I'm going to have to go and give Street Fighter 2V uh, a neutral because while I enjoyed it for the most part, this definitely is a show that's not for everybody and also has a lot of dragging, lagging towards the middle of the series. Alrighty, let's go ahead and take care of the fan mail for this episode of ASO Radio. We've got a number of items. Unfortunately, though, I don't have all of them printed off for me to go and tell you about, but I can tell you in summary what they were. Uh, first of all, Mountain Con, the uh, Utah anime sci-fi fantasy convention, is seemingly quite interested in having us as guests of honor this year. I'll be sure to keep you updated on when and if we will be making a special appearance as guests of honor at Mountain Con. Uh, also, 
Anime Banzai, the Salt Lake area anime convention, uh, had us as guests of honor last year, and it seems that they liked us so much that they are heavily considering us as guests of honor for this year. And hopefully we'll be able to bring that custom Asa Radio charm to Anime Banzai for all of you fans that come out to see us. Next up, Abiola Akinblu, a.k.a. Uh, Allison Anderson. Uh, she received her ASO Radio prize, or gift if you will, for her wonderful DN Angel fan art and wrote back to express her gratitude and states that she is planning on sending us in some more really great fan art and we are looking forward to that. If any of you listening out there have some artistic skills you would like to put to paper or digital, uh, go ahead and put together your favorite fan art of Bandy, ASO Radio's mascot. Uh, put together some fan art of your favorite video game or anime and send that on in to us. Uh, you can just follow the fan art link on the website, check that out, and send us in your fan art. Or if you need inspiration, feel free to check out our artist alley full of our past winners and other official art and, of course, our convention pictures to get you some inspiration happening. And if you don't have the ability to scan in your drawings or uh, other ways of making them digital, don't worry. You can also send those in to us through postal mail. Just feel free to send us in a little information in your fan art fan mail, and we'll give you the address to send us your pictures and drawings to. Okay, and that's about it for the anime... Uh, anime news, sheesh. The fan mail for this episode. So now let's take care of some hotspot business. I think that we have a manga review and a video game review in store. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. On this edition of the Hotspot, we're going to be going ahead and giving a great big old review to Full Metal Alchemist of the manga. And this is going to be a review of actually Volume 7 through 11. It's a really great series, and I have been enjoying it quite immensely. The reason I'm starting this review with Volume 7 is that's actually the volume where the manga and the anime storylines really diverge from each other. Now, granted, the... Uh, manga and the anime have several differences throughout the course of the first six volumes of the manga, but the real difference isn't really seen until this point. Um, now, of course, I can't say too much because if you haven't seen the first season of Full Metal Alchemist or read the first six books, then going and describing the differences would be a disservice. Uh, however, I will say that um, Ed and Al's power and the nature of uh, their relationship and what's happened in the past and in the future um, is different than the anime by quite a spell. Um, there is all sorts of different things that happen to characters, both the main characters and side characters. There's uh, several characters that show up in this manga that never make an appearance in the anime. Uh, uh, the events are totally different past Volume 7. And so the, it's like the point on the tree branch where the two other branches diverge. Up to one point, they're all the same, and then suddenly they go off in two completely different directions. And I have to say that the manga is leagues better than the anime by far. For those of you that don't know, the second season of the anime was actually created by the staff of the uh, anime production group instead of uh, the original manga author. And as such... 
Uh, her vision isn't really portrayed very well in the second season of the anime, but of course, this manga being entirely her own work, we're able to go and see what she envisioned for this whole series. Now, unfortunately for me, though, this is a fantastically good manga. And this is unfortunate because it's still in publication in Japan, meaning that there is no ending to it yet. And I believe right now in Japan, the last published volumes, maybe volume 17 or so, the last published volume in America at this point is actually volume 11. And originally, the releases had a one-month release period, so every month we would have a new one. But starting with Volume 12, it's going to be every two months. And I believe that is to help synchronize the Japanese and American releases. And this is just tragically crushing for me because I cannot wait to find out what happens in the next installment of Full Metal Alchemist. If you haven't been able to tell by now, this one is getting a top recommendation. I enjoyed the anime, but this is just several, several times better. And for the video game review for this hotspot, we're going to be reviewing Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney for the Nintendo DS. Now, if any of you remember the old LucasArts or uh, Sierra Interactive Adventure games, then you will most definitely be comfortable playing Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Essentially, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is a point-and-click adventure. But unlike those LucasArts and Sierra games, which have you seeing the main character at all points and them doing their interactions, this plays a lot more like a Japanese graphic novel. Uh, not graphic novel, I'm sorry. I meant to say a Japanese adventure game in the sense that you are seeing all of the events and people and places through the eyes of the main character rather than um, seeing it with the main character in it. In other words, you're playing the game not from a third-person perspective, but from a first-person perspective. Uh, of course, doing so cuts down severely on the amount of budget needed for the game, so don't expect a lot of animation in this game. As a matter of fact, the mainly consists of stills of the characters with a few pre-rendered uh, animation sequences. So you might have a uh, sprite set of somebody shaking their finger or tapping their head or slapping a piece of paper or, or a couple of different portraits of them with a standard look, a mischievous look, a surprised look. And so the animation in this game is actually quite limited. And it originally was a Game Boy Advance game when it was released in Japan. And then a few uh, after they released the third uh, installment in the series, they decided to start remaking them for the Nintendo DS. And so it was originally a Game Boy Advance game, is ported over to the DS, and was now brought over to America. However, uh, even though it suffers from the inferior sound system and graphics of the Game Boy Advance, uh, it does go and use the touch, uh, the, what is it now? the touchpad, if you will, the touch screen of the Nintendo DS to quite a good effect to help you go and examine the different uh, scenes. You can also use the uh, D-pad and A button to go and achieve the same thing, which was what was done in the original Game Boy Advance game, but using the stylus to go and tap on the areas you want to investigate is much more quick and intuitive. Uh, the game has several charming characters and puts them into some pretty interesting stories. 
Thankfully, however, this is not just a port of the Game Boy Advance game, uh, which had four chapters. They actually created a new fifth chapter for this DS release. Uh, you go and unlock all of the chapters by playing through the previous chapter. And eventually you will get to this fifth and final one. Personally, I felt that this new chapter was the weakest of the bunch. I didn't like the new character designs, and by this point in the game, I was rather sick of listening to the same music over and over, and I really didn't care for the uh, plot of the fifth chapter. Of course, this is a game about an attorney, a lawyer, if you will, who must defend several uh, innocent people against charges uh, of murder. And, of course, usually in the process, Phoenix Wright goes and finds out who was the real murderer, catches them up in some sort of contradiction, and proves their guilt in court, which is really above and beyond what most lawyers do. I mean, generally they're just trying to get their client off innocent, not catch the guilty party, too. But Phoenix Wright is apparently an ace attorney, as the title suggests. I enjoyed this game, but like I said, there's not much animation, there's not much music to it, and at times you can be very frustrated because you don't know which uh, objects to interact with, or during the trial you don't know which evidence to present, and so it creates, if you'll pardon the term, trial and error in order to figure out how you're supposed to continue along. Thankfully, though, you can go and save your game at any point, and so if you're really stuck, you can save before an area and keep trying various things until you run out of all five of your tries, restore your game, and try again until you figure out what the piece of evidence you need to present is. So, to recap, uh, um, dated graphics and audio, limited selection of animation and um, music, uh, annoying to go and try to find the right evidence to present, but it has uh, very enduring characters who are both charming and likable, and a good plot for pretty much all of the cases. So I'm going to go ahead and give Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, for the Nintendo DS, a recommended. That was a simply smashing episode of ASO Radio, and I am glad that all of you were able to join us for it. Um, Next episode, we're going to be having a bunch of new reviews, of course, including Samurai Champloo, Fruits Basket, Volume 10 of the manga, uh, Sigma Star Saga for the Game Boy Advance, and Os Tateke Oenden for the Nintendo DS, which, if you didn't guess, is, yes, an import review. Uh, fantastic game. Uh, Going to be a fantastic episode. Got some good news coming up for you, I am sure. So be sure to tune in next time for episode 112 of ASO Radio, but... For episode 111 of ASO Radio, this is NZ17 saying good night and good luck, my fellow otaku. ASO Radio is copyright of NZ17 Productions. ASO Radio is licensed to the general public under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial share-alike license. Additional licenses available. For more information, visit us online at www.nz17.com.